the hundreds of just a like on Facebook or a comment or my phone's been blowing up, which is great. I appreciate it all. And I'm going to Minden to see some great basketball. That's because you're Doug Duda. This is Central Nebraska's most listened to all sports radio station. I'm getting the tuna sandwich with lots of lettuce on it today. (laughs) You like the tuna sandwich. Oh, yeah. I'll never have to fight you for that. Nope, that'll be mine. I will never have to fight you. That's my favorite. That's my go-to sandwich. Your flavor is? Yes. All of them? Yes. A little spicier, the better. Because if I'm going to bite into something, I want it to kick back. So, you know, mild, eh, medium, eh, hot, yes. Yeah. As much as I hate to get away from the award-winning last five minutes yeah, there that we've we go. Yeah. had on this yeah. show, you're listening to ESPN Tri-Cities, 1460 and 1550 AM, and now 92.1 and 92.7 FM. You know, when you have this many papers, Jimmy, I don't know what happens to them. I don't know where they go. They just mysteriously disappear. But all these piles here went down and not far enough. I'm going to do some cleaning on my side because I've got dates here that say uh, Texas San Antonio football. Now, coming to you live from the Midway Auto Dealership broadcast booth. Need a vehicle? Think Midway.com. Yeah, I try to do toasting. Sometimes I just don't have time to put it in the toaster. It's been a lively little show so far. Um, Certainly been worth everything I paid to listen to it. It's time for the Doug and Daddy Show. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Doug and Daddy Show here on ESPN Tri-Cities. Doug Duda, Brandon Bennett's with you on this Tuesday as we get you ready for the Super Bowl, getting closer and closer and closer every single day till Sunday's contest between the Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Evan Cohen, host of our ESPN National Show on Sportsmanlike is going to join us here on the Doug and Daddy Show a little bit later on. The softball season begins in Mexico for the Huskers on Thursday and getting ready to depart. We'll talk with Nebraska softball coach Rhonda Ravel coming up here in our uh, next segment. That's the plan. We've got a lot uh, of other things to talk about, uh, some breaking sports news, something, some new stuff. Uh, for you this morning, but I know you're probably as pleased as most Royals fans that Bobby Witt has signed a monster extension, the biggest contract in Royals history. I don't know whether or not I'm more pleased that it was Bobby Witt, or I don't know if I'm more pleased that finally we see concrete evidence that the Royals as a franchise are willing to spend big money on a big money player. Because if you go back and you look at what their outfield looked like, what was it, 15, 20 years ago, when you had Carlos Beltran and you had Jermaine Dye, uh, certainly Johnny Damon when he was there. I mean, if you would have attracted, I'm sorry, you, you attracted, if you would have kept those levels of talent instead of grooming them and essentially serving as a farm system for others, because you look at what Damon did with the Red Sox and others, you look at what Jermaine died with the White Sox and others, Carlos Beltran obviously went to Houston, you look at all of these other guys that the Royals brought up through their farm system, and then as soon as they became big names, couldn't afford, chose not to afford the contract, shipped them off for mid-round draft picks, and the cycle started over again. So for the Royals to get a homegrown talent, 
and then keep that talent, that says something about the new ownership and kudos to John Sherman for being willing to spend that money. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The Royals have done a little bit of work in the offseason here as they get ready for pitchers and catchers to report and get the spring season underway. Now we'll see if it all uh, does anything. Again, the contract doesn't make Bobby Wood a better player. No. Although he's pretty good. I mean, he is. we don't have to worry about that part of it. He's worth it. Yeah. Well, I, And he's earned it. For the money they've put out there, I would think so, yeah. And I like the fact that it wasn't a, another five-year, three-year contract. That's an 11 year contract. And as many years as he's been with the Royals, it essentially keeps him a Royal for the remainder of his career. Now, obviously, there's opt outs. There's a chance that he plays beyond it and goes somewhere else. But essentially, said that keeps him a Royal, just like Salvador Perez, keeps him a Royal for the remainder of his career. And then we also had the news and broke uh, early enough that they were able to talk about it quite a bit on Hale Varsity yesterday, but Rex Burkhead announcing his retirement from the NFL after 10 seasons, drafted in the sixth round out of Nebraska uh, in 2013 by the Cincinnati Bengals before they were really good, and then uh, won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, ended up with the Texans, three teams, 10 seasons, uh, thanked a lot of people in his social media post, and also uh, gave a paragraph to Team Jack, which was very classy saying uh, hope thanked everybody for their contributions their work and hopefully uh, the fight towards pediatric brain cancer will continue to say that is really kind of the only thing outside of football and family which to him would be family uh, was pretty cool it was very cool and you know it's again like I mentioned earlier it's nice to have one of those homegrown guys that went off and did great things and just like we heard from Eric Crouch last night at the Kearney Area Chamber of Commerce banquet, you know he had his collegiate per- career and even made fun of how short his pro career was, and he's gone on to do great things post-football. See what lies ahead for Rex Burkhead post-football. Also, spring game tickets went on sale to the season ticket holders this morning about an hour ago. You can go to Huskers.com for more information on the April 27th game, then on sale to the public uh, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., Last chance to sit in that South Stadium just because you want to uh, for uh, season ticket holders or non-season ticket holders. Now, last week we talked about Gothenburg, Hampton, and for the third year in a row, Kearney High being uh, state recipients of the uh, NFF Hatchell Cup is what the championship goes to, but for their work in the classroom and on the field. And today, the national winner was announced that, unfortunately, again, not a Nebraska school. It's Cathedral High School in Indianapolis, Indiana, the top high school football team in the nation for excellence in the classroom, on the field, and in the community, a $10,000 donation to support their football program. So congratulations. But again, congratulations to the Nebraska schools that were finalists for that award. Also going back to football, Coach Held posted on his Twitter feed yesterday, the 2024 UNK football signing day follow-up. Going to have a little gathering on Monday, February the 19th. So a week from yesterday, six to eight at Cunningham's on the lake. So complimentary appetizers, cash bar there. And meet with Coach Held and the rest of his staff and got a new wide receivers coach coming in, and that's going to be big news. And then uh, be able to talk a little bit about the signing class that they're going to, going to announce later this week. And, again, that's next Monday at Cunningham's on the Lake. And that fit right in. Ryan Held's going to join us on tomorrow's Doug and Daddy show to talk about the signing class. We're also going to have Matt Rule's press conference from Lincoln on tomorrow's show. And Mike Perenio from the Mandalay Bay uh, is tomorrow's guest to talk about the Super Bowl. So we've got all that uh, 
uh, coming up tomorrow on the show. Again, it is the official National Letter of Intent signing day, but much less on the Division One level because pretty much all that's taken care of in December. Yeah. You've got, got a lot of your guys that have already made that decision and in many cases made it a media event. Nebraska basketball tonight. The women play at Michigan. The Creighton women play at Xavier. Xavier women are one and 18 oh. on the season. You just don't see that Did not in Power that. 5 conferences Did not anymore. That. that is psychotic. So uh, those are the two uh, women's games tonight. Our high school basketball, St. Paul is at Ravenna on the Vibe 98.9. Adams Central will host Minden, and that is on KHAS. That is a girls top 10 matchup starting at 6, followed by the boys also tonight. St. Cecilia's at Northwest. Grand Island is taking on Fremont last night. Carney went to Omaha, got a sweep over one of the new schools, Westview. Uh, the boys had actually moved into the rankings and then Carney took their one of their spots uh, yesterday. And the Carney girls, one of the highest scoring games they've had in a long, long time, 71-69 as Province hits a layup with about 20 seconds left. And they are able to hold off Westview and win that 71-69. They're back home on Friday. And before we uh, go into break here... Nebraska high school coaches named as National Coach of the Year finalists and two Nebraska coaches contributors will be inducted in the National High School Hall of Fame. This year's ceremonies will be in Bismarck, North Dakota uh, on July the 25th, going with the National uh, Convention. The legendary coaches are Mimi Ramsbottom of Elkhorn South and Doug Goltz from Fall City Sacred Heart for football and basketball and track and an AD and an administration. Uh, Doug Goltz has done it all down there at Fall City Sacred Heart. So congratulations to those. Now, as far as the nominations for the Coach of the Year, all over the state, Doug Woodard recently retired at Bellevue West as boys basketball. Mark Bramer up at Pierce got a chance to talk with Coach Bramer football uh, before the girls' state wrestling duels when we were up there a couple of weeks ago. He is going in, uh, or he is being uh, one of the finalists. Troy Salisbury, Carney High Tennis is one of the finalists, and in wrestling, Ed Schaefe from Broken Bow are among those that will be up for that award. So best of luck to our local coaches. Nobody from Ord? Well, there's always next year. Not this time around. Always next year. Not this time. You know, probably, you know, all moved on and to bigger and better things. I'm sure they're more than deserving. More than deserving. The State High School Bowling Tournament is going on for Class B boys this morning. Carney did go 0-2. Uh, they were beaten by Wayne three games to one, and then York eliminated them in the, the second round. And as things progressed, Northwest beat York Three games to two, they play the best of five. Then they swept top seed Wayne, but Seward was able to get them in four. They came back through and will be uh, taking on the York-Wayne winner, which is just underway. So York's bowling Wayne, then they'll get Northwest. Then Northwest will take on Seward tonight for the championship. Uh, no Class A teams in the area. And uh, yesterday, Class B or Class B singles, uh, we had some excitement uh, for the area. Nobody, especially for the boys, your winner ended up being Nick Pappas of Omaha Scott. But three of the eight quarterfinalists from the girls were from the area. Daisy Gomez of Lexington, Jamie Riley of Northwest were defeated in the quarters. Faith Lamb of Grand Island Northwest ends up being your state runner-up to Jersey Jensen of Wayne. And she had been in the finals three straight years. She was a state champ 
last year, repeats this year. She was the runner-up back in 2022. So that's what's going on at the State High School Bowling Tournament. Always something going on. Congratulations to those athletes and the teams. All right, it is Taco Tuesday at Carney Taco John's Bigger, Better, Bolder. Special price every Tuesday on all the hard shells or soft shells that you would love to enjoy. And again, it's not just on Taco Tuesday, which is what they started at Taco John's on the north side of Carney on West 56th Street and on 419 East 25th Street. East Highway 30 here in Kearney. Taco John's has a special price every Tuesday, but they're open for breakfast. And whether you're looking for breakfast, burritos, a late-night snack, just driving through for a beverage throughout the day, they'll take care of you. Plus, join their bigger, bolder rewards loyalty program today and even get free food that is at your Kearney Taco John's. We're going to catch up with Nebraska softball coach Rhonda Ravel, and we'll be talking with Evan Cohen of Unsportsmanlike ESPN National about the Super Bowl and more. Keep it here on the Doug and Daddy Show. The year was 1979. Rocky Balboa was champ. Rocky Geyser was embarking on a real estate career. Balboa's next fight was Clubber Lane. Rocky Geyser's was 20% interest rates. Through all of his battles, inflation, recession, regulations, Rocky Geyser has always answered the bell. For 40 years, I've been in the ring with my clients sweating the details. Call Rocky Geyser of REMAX Executives today or log on to OneRocky.com. Put Rocky in your corner. When the passing of a family member occurs... Too often, loved ones have too little information on planning the funeral. Horner, Liskey, McBride, and Kuehl developed their website to provide both information and comfort, etiquette, and common sense. Visit hlmkfuneral.com. The more you know, the better they can provide additional comfort and guidance during life's most trying time. Horner, Liskey, McBride, and Kuehl Funeral and Cremation, providing steady, comforting service as they have for nearly 100 years. Today's weather is brought to you by Farm Bureau agents Matt Myers and Rich Peters. When it comes to protecting your family, home, cars, and farmer ranch, you can count on your local agents to help you get the coverage you need. Contact Matt Myers and Rich Peters in Kearney today. Securities and services offered through FBO Marketing Services, LLC, affiliate Farm Bureau Financial Services. It's been years since you graduated, but your college team is yours for life. You can also have a Farm Bureau agent for life and auto and home and business insurance. Imagine that. One agent for everything. It's that simple. So get a Farm Bureau agent for life. In Kearney, call Rich Peters and Matt Myers at Farm Bureau Financial Services, 308-234-4922. Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company. Securities and services offered through FBL Marketing Services, LLC, affiliate Farm Bureau Financial Services. Doug and Daddy's show. I'm sure the tributes you've heard all morning long if you've been up and going. Got a chance to see him when he was uh, in Kearney at the Buffalo County Fair here a few years ago. And I guess it was kind of a shock this morning because it was one of those things where you thought Toby Keith was on the comeback trail here in just the last few months. He put out the new song. He appeared on a a concert, uh, I think even on maybe an awards show, and and sang his uh, new song. But unfortunately... Man, cancer again, and it catches Toby Keith at the age of 62. Well, and for me, it was even... And for me, it was even more surprising this morning. Found out that he had passed, and I had to ask. I had to look. I didn't know that he had stomach cancer. I just I don't follow a lot of pop culture and a lot of music and a lot of things like that, so I, I didn't know that he had been sick. And then there was the... 
was a CBS, was it 60 Minutes, one of those shows. He had done an interview like a month ago with a lady and talked about that song that was in the Clint Eastwood movie and Don't Let the Old Man In and yeah. you know, the background behind that. And I, I did not know that he was suffering, and that's never a good thing. And, you know, in this case, he's got uh, uh, what wife of almost 40 years and a couple kids. Yeah, great career, cut way too short, and uh, we'll talk more about that. Everybody is uh, kind of throughout the day, but we're excited, as we said, uh, getting that spring season crossing over with the winter season, as it always does, and getting a chance to depart and catch some good weather and maybe some rays down in Mexico and get the season underway against some very good competition. Rhonda Ravel, the head softball coach at Nebraska, joining us here on the Doug and Daddy Show, Doug Duda and Brandon Bennett's. And, uh, Coach, thanks so much for the time. I'm sure you and the kids are uh, eager to finally play somebody. We, we're really eager to play somebody else. Uh, thanks for having me on this morning. We, uh, we've been outside, so that's a bonus. We, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago we thought maybe this would be our first practice outside when we get into Puerto Vallarta tomorrow night and have a chance to practice. But fortunately we've been outside a little bit, so that's been helpful. What do you do? We've, we've had all of our, well, our area softball coaches here at UNK. They were able, they had a sweep to take the football field and clear it off here a couple of weeks ago before they go to Arizona. Hastings College, they weren't as fortunate, so they were still working off inside. What's, what's the protocol for where and when you guys uh, get to practice outside? Well, two years ago, we chirped our outfield, so that's really, really helpful. And then we keep our infield tarped all winter long in hopes that we're able to do just that get outside so once we were able to sweep the turf just like they did at the unk with football field uh we were able to get out there on that part and then uh with the sun that came out last week and really our grounds crew uh, you know tip of the cap to them because they worked really hard to make that happen for us the fall sports Obviously, their entire preseason is during the summer. So all the preseason workouts, all the OTAs, all the everything, the student-athletes and even the coaches can do that without having classes. And to some degree, the winter sports, the early part of it you can do, and then obviously you've got classes. But for the spring sports, basically your entire off-season is dealing with classes and trying to get the early preseason and then obviously the practices and everything like that. So talk about those challenges and how you've been able to squeeze everything in because there's the middle, there's the holidays, everything else, and then all of a sudden you got to get ready to hop on a plane and go. Well, that's very insightful of you. I'll tell you, we have uh, the probably scariest time for the coaches, even though we have a great working group, is when you know we can't work with them going into dead week of the first semester. So they have from dead week, finals week, holiday break until we start again. And we always try to start four weeks out. So this year it was the 10th of January. So not even a month ago. And so they have to just train on their own. And while that's okay, it's never like training with your team. So then when we come back, we do have about a week and a half without school. So we really try to take full advantage of that, get all the extra meetings in, all that kind of stuff. But once school starts, like we're in now, they become masters at time management and, you know, skills that are really going to help them throughout life. But I always marvel at our players. They'll, they'll study on buses. They'll study on planes. They'll study at the airport. And, you know, we have been able to maintain a really high GPA in, in and during our season as well. So they um, are pretty amazing at how they, how they manage it all. 
Ronda Ravel is the head softball coach at the University of Nebraska who's answered a thousand questions already about uh, Jordy Ball and the excitement that is coming in for this. Uh, what, I'm, what I want to know, Ronda, what's the first recollection you have of Jordy Ball? When was she first on the radar as a youngster? The first recollection I have is, I think she was 12 years old. I was on a bus with the Huskers. We were headed to a tournament. Can't remember what tournament. And uh, a coach called and said, okay, we've got a kid. I know she's only 12, but you got to put her on your radar. She's going to be really special. So that's my first recollection. And then by the time she was in probably the summer between 7th and 8th grade, I, I had seen it with my own eyes. Uh, so I've, I've been a Jordy Ball fan, not just as an athlete, but as a person for a really long time. And it's really nice to be able to reconnect with her, especially on this kind of level. What makes not just Jordy, but all of these, when we, when we watch the Women's College World Series and we watch some of the best pitchers, what sets those young ladies apart? I mean, we, we can talk about all the great quarterbacks in football or all the great uh, post players in basketball, but there just seems to be something different. What makes these pitchers elite above everybody else's number twos and others' number ones right. at smaller schools? Right. Well, first, they, it's their mindset. You know, they, all the elite pitchers believe in their skill set. They've trained, they've prepared, so they, they've got to have really a great mindset because pitching's tough. It's really tough. So that's the first thing. But then the really elite ones typically have two to three pitches that on any given count can get athlete, can get hitters out. And that's what makes them elite. And in Jordy's situation, she has three. Because rise ball is really good, she has a drop ball is really good. And she has an off-speed pitch. It's really, really very good. So even be- I, I, apologize, I apologize for that noise. I am outside, and I've got helicopters overhead. <laughs> we've got we've got special special uh, effects today, I guess. Well, I, I have it. to say, Coach, because we've had many coaches that have talked to us from the bus. Many have talked to us walking between buildings, between practices, between classes. A helicopter, okay, okay, good. a helicopter flying overhead. Might be a first. It's certainly a well, first for me. just want to see greatness. That's all hey, they're doing. Hey, well, not yeah. just one helicopter. There are two up there. Well, we can call it a flyover then, Coach. You're <laughs> okay, getting your okay, own special we'll flyover, flyover for your interview. And this well is done. this is not what is transporting them to Mexico, by the way, Brandon. No, no. You're actually... <laughs> no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. You're actually going by plane this time. So, Coach, talk yeah. about the rest of your pitching staff. I mean, it's one of those where Jordy can be out there a lot and, and some of the tops can throw more than one game. But what's the rest of the staff look like? It's a really nice staff. We feel like we have a complete staff this year. I know our pitching coach, Lori Simple, is really excited about that, that we have uh, pitchers. You know, we have Sarah Harness, who is a right-hander that predominantly works in the up zone, so she's curve and rise. And then we have Kaylin Kinney. Her specialty pitches are in the lower part of the zone. And then we have a freshman, Caitlin Olinsky, who's a lefty, and we haven't had a lefty in so many years. And she can really move it through the zone um, pretty pretty hard for the lefty, you know, with the lefty-lefty matchup and her curveball, it really moves. And then we have Emerson Cope, who really is more of a, she's a hitting pitcher. You know, you have pitchers that hit, and then you have hitters that pitch. And she's a hitter that pitches, but really loves to pitch. And, you know, she's a big, strong kid. She can come in and get you some outs, too. So we feel like we have four that are going to get some nice innings. Of course, featured right there at the top of the list is Jordan. 
Coach, I have to ask this from a fan's perspective. You mentioned at the top of the interview that a couple of years ago you got the outfield turfed, which certainly helps. And it seems like every time the football team does anything, that makes news headlines across the state. Talk about your other facility upgrades that you and your team have had at your various facilities in the last couple of years. Yeah, so we had our outfield fence padded, which before it was a chain link fence, and now it's padded, beautiful. It's uh, It pops, but it's also a lot safer for our student-athletes. But I tell you what, it's always felt co- cozy to be in the confines of Boland Stadium, but with that fence padded and closed in like that, it just makes it feel like a really tight place and I hope an intimidating place for <laughs> opponents to play. So that happened when we got the field turf. And then right now we're under construction trying to add some seats because we have some fans that want to get in the stadium and we don't have enough places for them. So that's exciting as well. Well, how great is that? Ronda Ravel's with us for another couple minutes here. They're going to depart early tomorrow morning for Mexico. Their first game is Thursday against number 7 Washington. That's at 6.30 our time. They get number 11 Duke, Long Beach State, Utah Valley. The buzz is around the program more than it has been a long, long time, and it's not that there haven't been fans wanting to watch you play, but what's it like? What's different? How does it feel this year for you, Coach? Well, it's, with, with this team, it feels really remarkable because they're focused. They play with a lot of joy. They celebrate each other. All the things, that, all the intangibles that if coaches, I don't care what sport you coach, what gender you coach, coaches coaching would say, our team's doing this, and if I could hand that list to any coach in America, and they'd say, You've got something if your team's doing that. So there's not been one day at practice that we've had to talk about effort or focus. Anytime you have that, you've got something going. Uh, But there is more of a buzz, and we have just, right from day one, we talked about it's going to be that way, but that's something that we can't control. We can appreciate it, but let's just let that galvanize our own work, our own inward focus on you know, working to be a better team and great teammates. And so I think in some ways it's narrowed our focus uh, by having more noise because we understand, just like you do, it's like when when we have to do something and we have to go to work at something, we have, kind of have to seclude ourselves and get to work, roll up our sleeves and get to work. So that's what the Husker softball team is trying to do for the fans that want to come watch so we can put a good product on the field for them. Well, let's wrap it up with this. Uh, uh, it would seem to put yourself where you want to be. Uh, it's it's one of those things where you got to take care of some business early on with some of these non-conference powerhouses, a couple teams like Oregon and UCLA that are coming into the conference next year. Do you? I know it's kind of you can give me that coach speak every year is important, but being rated maybe as the highest Big Ten team and the aspirations that you have, is there a little bit more urgency to make sure things go well here in the first month? I don't think so. I I think, you know, obviously you want things to go well, but, you know, I I think the ratings are what you make them. And if we just sit there and stare at the number, it can paralyze you. But if you just go, you know, we know we're a good team. We just need to go out and do what we do and let the chips fall where they may. Well, Coach, uh, we wish you the best of luck, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again as the season progresses. We appreciate the time on the Doug and Daddy Show, and uh, good luck to you and the Huskers. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks for everything you do. You bet. Thanks, Coach. Well, there you go. Not a bad way to start. Especially with the helicopter flyover. How cool is that, that in the middle of that, yes, it was a little bit of a distraction. You just don't see that 
all the time. So something that happened a little earlier this morning that uh, I'm curious about, not just your information or your insight, Doug, but uh, the National Labor Relations Board, and this is a regional official, so it's one individual. National Labor Relations Board regional official has decided that Dartmouth University basketball players are, in fact, employees of the school, clearing the way for an election that could create the first ever labor union for NCAA It should athletes. be thrown out by the end of the week. Times. It should be thrown out by the end of the week. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm they're just saying. They're not employees. They're not employees. They're not. But that was one of the first concerns when we, well, we started, when schools started offering scholarships. That was, the E word was brought up then. Because we're paying them, or in this case, writing off their tuition. We're giving them a scholarship, does that make them a de facto employee? And, of course, the ruling at the time was no. But in this case, we now have one regional official that is saying they are employees. Good. One person in the world. So that should that should designate it for the whole world. Once again, the world we live in. I'm, I'm cutting you off. All right. I'm cutting you off right there. I'm just saying this I is, just don't want to talk about it. All right. That's, new, <laughs> that, that's news that was coming out. I was just curious to your thoughts. It's we on know the how- national stuff this morning, and, and we'll, I want to come back to it. I think yeah. you're right. But right now, Evan Cohen is standing by. As we mentioned, Super Bowl week coverage continues here on the Doug and Daddy Show. You hear him in our uh, morning segment on Unsportsmanlike. And, of course, he has uh, had a pretty darn good career just before he got to national ESPN. Doug Duda, Brandon Bennett, we welcome in Evan Cohen. Evan, thanks for the time. Happy Super Bowl week. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I did see the big Rex Burkhead promotion in the tweet today, obviously a Nebraska guy. And as a Patriots fan, I'm very appreciative of his career as well. I just wanted to chime in on that. Well, I am so glad that Rex got that opportunity because I think even in the stories, they kind of forget that the Jets gave him a try. And you wanted him. Cincinnati wasn't that good when he played for him. Houston wasn't that good when they ended it here. He was on a team that had an opportunity. And I think Rex is one of those guys that everybody liked, and he definitely contributed. Oh my God! Yeah, and he listen. It's interesting because I think he had a really good career for the Patriots and was excellent for them for multiple years. But people are probably going to remember him as the guy that unintentionally basically cut up Brady's whole hand leading into the Super Bowl. Remember that controversy where Brady was handing the ball off to him in practice, and I think it was just a mishap, and he just like really destroyed Brady's hand leading into the Super Bowl. And thus, they had to deflate the balls, Brandon, so that he could hold on to those. All right. Nice talking to you guys. See you later. Okay, good. Uh By any means necessary. Oh, God. What a turn we just took, guys. Well, let's go back to it because I am a little surprised. I, I understand, but I am more than surprised that Bill Belichick was not offered a head coaching job with all these openings. What about you? Uh, 100%. I don't understand it for the life of me, and it makes no sense. We've heard so much about the collaboration, right? Like, oh, everybody wants the new coach that's going to collaborate. Are we going to make the argument that Belichick didn't collaborate? Wasn't the whole thing that he was so collaborative with his players and coaches that all of these guys who people said shouldn't have gotten head coaching gigs got the head coaching gigs? I, like, this is the thing I don't understand. So now we're in an NFL where there's a difference between collaboration and communication, right? I'm sure you guys have a great sales staff, right, at ESC and Tri-Cities. I'm sure that there are people involved in the sales and marketing for your station that are doing a great job with local businesses. That doesn't mean 
that the two of you should be listening to them or they should be offering opinions based on the content of the show. It should be communicated. Here's what's going on in the Doug and Daddy show today. Here are the features we have that can be out there for great advertising partners. Right. That's communication. It's, that's not necessarily collaboration. That's communication. So everybody's now mad because Belichick doesn't want the people in the marketing department calling plays? Like, what are we doing here? Didn't Tom Osborne, when he's at Nebraska, is collaborating with everybody? Or is he communicating with everybody and dominating the football program? What are we doing, guys? This is just ridiculous with this. I love your style, man. I just you're happy because you're a Chief fan, Brandon. I mean, that's why you you're glad that Belichick's oh, but Brandon, this Brandon, Brandon, your team is exactly the same as the Patriots forever because of the fact that Andy Reid he's not collaborating with people in sales and marketing and business. He's communicating with them. You know, he's collaborating with over the course of time Patrick Mahomes, and he's running the personnel. Andy Reid runs the Chiefs the exact same way that Belichick ran the Patriots. He just does it more with a smile than Belichick did. <laughs> Speaking of the Chiefs and coaches who can't get a job, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most, how surprised are you that Eric Bieniemy is unemployed right now? Uh, zero. Okay, because gonna, for me, but, I would have said about on, a 2. Hold on. Let's not take that out of context. There's a catch to that. My guesstimation is he's, is he's back with the Chiefs next year. Okay, and that's so fair. when I say I'm not surprised he's not employed, it's because, just to, again, to give you the Belichick example, when Josh McDaniels gets let go, my assumption is always he goes back to Belichick, right? So in this case, when Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a job, my assumption is he goes back to the people that love him and appreciate him, which would be Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So that's why. I don't see him taking a job somewhere else because maybe he just does the – coach and waiting kind of thing for Andy Reid when Andy Reid one day walks away. So I, it's not that I, I don't think he should be unemployed, obviously. My guesstimation, total guess, my guesstimation is he's back with the Chiefs next year. So I'm going to ask this next question, though, and then duck. Why is it Eric Bieniemy can't get a head coaching job? Is he just a product of the Andy Reid tree and he needs that protection of Reed, that safety security blanket, because as a successful offensive coordinator, and yes, of course, that's because of your personnel, but also as a black offensive coordinator, you know that he had to be a highly sought after product. He interviewed at a number of different places and couldn't ever land the head coaching job. And then he went to the commanders for one year and obviously didn't have the tools the offensive production went down for Washington. Now he's out of a job. What is it with Eric Bieniemy that he can't make it work, especially to step up as a head coach? Uh, can we just take a step back for a second? Just so I understand, is this Nebraska defending Colorado? Is that what just happened here? <laughs> I'm not from Nebraska. You're asking a Missouri – a Missourian is asking you this question. I, under, I understand that, but you are representing Nebraska – Currently, are you not? I am living in Nebraska. <laughs> yes. So I just want to point out Nebraska representing for Colorado here. Anyway, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no understanding of why previously he did not get a head coaching job. I do want to separate two things, okay? Because I want to separate the work he did in Washington. Not very impressive this year, 
right? I mean, I don't think anybody would look at the commander's offense and say, oh, my God, that was unbelievable. Um, so I think if you just look at it that way, does the commander's does the 2023 commander's offensive coordinator deserve a head coaching opportunity? No. Now, second part of this. Does the guy that was the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs between 2018 and 2022 deserve a head coaching opportunity? Oh, God, hell yeah. Hell yeah. It, it, it is illogical to me that he did not get one in those years. It is not illogical to me that he did not get one now because when we're doing this, we're doing it off of the Washington gate. Now, that said, that said, if you remember in the preseason, there was a thing where Eric Bieniemy was too tough on the players and Ron Rivera, the head coach of the commanders at the time, had to kind of you know address that, so to speak. That in that moment, that's when I knew that Ron Rivera was going to get fired because if he's that worried about coaching coaches coaching tough, you got bigger issues. But I do wonder if it's the same kind of thing as to why Mike Vrabel doesn't have a job, why Bill Belichick doesn't have a job. The intense style of coach like the enemy, like Vrabel, like Belichick, obviously not getting jobs right now. And what I think will happen, guys. If next offseason, that style of coach will all get the jobs. We will see the older, more intense, I guess less collaborative coaches get the gigs because what's going to happen is not all the guys that we hired this offseason are going to be successful. Doug and Daddy should talk with Evan Cohen of ESPN's Unsportsmanlike. He's made stops all over the place. I, I do want to throw out gigs with Madison, Wisconsin, and Miami of Florida, and things like that, which would make uh, Husker fans uh, curl their toes a little bit here. But let's talk about the Super Bowl. Evan, I mentioned it yesterday. It seemed like week one, to us, to me, all the talk was about Kansas City. Nationally, whoever I'm watching, whoever we're talking about, whoever we're reading, it was Chiefs, 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 not a whole lot on the Niners. And what you would see is that the Niners' pass defense isn't the best. They've only led for 27 minutes and 30 seconds in the entire playoffs, which is the fewest for any Super Bowl team out there. And then usually what happens is about the last two days, everybody starts to explain why the Niners are going to win and they're going to cover the Super Bowl. Your thoughts initially on this game? Yeah, so for the last, I want to say, two or three months, I've been saying I think the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. It's interesting because I've been saying the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl and simultaneously also not understanding why people write off or have written off at Kansas City Chiefs. It makes absolutely no sense. I am in the minority on this. I think Kansas City has built better this year than any other year that they have been in the Super Bowl. Now, people hear that and they say, what the heck is this guy talking about? Their receivers drop the ball constantly. Their tackles on the offensive side are terrible. I totally understand that, and nobody's arguing that. But if you say to me, how do you build a team around Patrick Mahomes? My answer is spend money on defense, spend money on offensive line, and let him figure out the rest because he will, and he always does. I would never spend money on wide receivers if I had Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. So the conversation has absolutely been about Kansas City because they are a dynasty or a dynastic team. I think now, yes, you're right, we're starting to pay more attention to the Niners, 
because of the potential storylines here of Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy winning a championship, Kyle Shanahan avenging a, a previous Super Bowl loss, obviously, uh, to the same team in Kansas City as a head coach of the, of the Niners. The 28-3 loss he had to the Patriots as the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons back in the day. But I think that by the time the week is over, we will even out the conversation. But, but if the conversation is ultimately 60-40 in favor of Kansas City, you know what? They've earned it. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. They're the ones that are on one of the great runs we've ever seen in sports history. They're the ones with the quarterback that may go down as the second-best quarterback of all time. They're the ones that have the head coach that, outside of Belichick, is the best coach the last 20 years in the NFL. So if anyone deserves this level of conversation, it would be that team. Evan, you are my new favorite <laughs> national sports talk radio host. Because as you are developing your answer, I'm sitting here flashing two fingers in the air. Number one, defense. Because honestly, if it wasn't for Tyron Matthew, they wouldn't have gotten to the first Super Bowl, let alone won that game. And if they weren't three and a half deep on the offensive line going into the Super Bowl versus the Buccaneers, they probably would have won that game. So as you are saying defense and offensive line, I could not agree more with you. Although, how much of this, this is the devil's advocate, how much of this does become the Dan Marino syndrome? that you need at least one more playmaker on offense, whether that is a star wide receiver or Pacheco's a serviceable running back, but he's not a huge game changer. Oh, he's better than serviceable. I think he's awesome. Really? Oh, Isaiah Pacheco? Oh, I love him. I love that guy. But, okay, keep going, because I I, want to hear you out on this. Well, I just – do the Chiefs need one more – big-time playmaker on offense, whoever that is. Because it always seems like if it was the 49ers from Joe Montana's day or you look at the Dallas Cowboys, you got a quarterback, you have some kind of pass catcher, whether it's a wide receiver or otherwise, and you have a running back. So they've obviously got the pass catcher. They've got the quarterback. Do you need that third cog in the wheel to really make the offense go? All right, let's, let's play this out for a second. The team in recent memory that you would most likely to compare to Kansas City would be who? I'd say it's your Patriots without a star wide receiver and without a star running okay. back. You had Gronk. Yeah. Or Aaron so Hernandez before who, that. In your mind, in your mind, who's the best receiver that Brady ever played with in New England? Randy Moss. Yeah. Okay. You know how many Super Bowls Randy Moss won in New England? Zero. <laughs> Zero. All right. Who's the second best receiver in your mind that Brady played with in New England? Um, the uh, the slot receiver, oh, the um, kid from Texas Tech. I can't think um, ahead of Edelman. Wes Welker. Wes Welker. Welker. Yeah. Yep. Welker. Okay. Do you know how many Super Bowls Wes Welker won with the Patriots? Zero. Was, was Zero. One. Wow. Really. Zero. So based on that logic, um, and you know, by the way, do you know how many Super Bowls Gronk won with the Patriots? <laughs> Boy, is it two? They must have. They must have won a whole he, bunch he of won, If I'm not mistaken, he won three, played in two, yeah. and then won a third uh, Won a third as a player slash fourth with, um, with Tampa. My yeah. point is this. The two best receivers in your mind he ever played with, he never won with. The first three Super Bowls Gronk wasn't on the team. One of the Super Bowls that they had the 28, uh, uh, the, with 28-3, I believe, yeah, 23, yeah. Gronk didn't even play in, in that comeback. He was hurt. The point is, why spend money on A-level receivers when you have an A-plus all-worldly quarterback 
to bring the B-level receivers up to A-level receivers. Here's the problem that NFL teams, I believe, always find themselves in. When you pay skill position guys to make your quarterback better, you have given up. When you pay the quarterback to make your skill position guys better, you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Now, the counter to that, in theory, is someone is listening right now thinking, well, look at the Niners. No, I don't agree with that. Because, remember, the Niners paid Jimmy Garoppolo, they paid for Trey Lance, and it ended up being Brock Purdy to take these guys and make them better, which I actually think Brock Purdy has made a lot of these guys better. But the reality is, the reality is that Tom Brady never won with the guys that you're deeming to be the best guys. So I do not think Kansas City needs to add more on offense in terms of skill positions, that if they win a Super even if they don't win a Super Bowl, my first move is not to pay for a wide receiver. It's to pay for my defenders and pay for better offensive line play and then basically put um, a bulletin out there. Who wants to come and play receiver with Mahomes for $10 an hour? Because that's what we're offering right now. <laughs> we're basically giving you a part-time employee rate here at this point. I'm serious because why do I need to pay those guys if I have Mahomes? Yeah, it's wow. it's an argument that's definitely out there, and I, I – I'm siding with them, and I'd rather have the quarterback than because who knows? I mean, Le'Veon Bell wants to come back. Like I said, these guys all of a sudden flash in the pan, and where do they go? Where's a, where's a running back after those first three, four years when they hit, what, 28? Is that the number where they say, forget about it? You can't give these guys money because they're all used up by that age. Uh, Evan, before we let you go here, I am curious, just as somebody that watches it probably even more than we do on a day-to-day basis, are the two best teams from the year – in the Super Bowl, and if not, who should? Who else? Who's missing out? Oh no, I, I think the two best teams are because if you think about it, it's the best team for this year, which was San Francisco, and the best quarterback, which is Mahomes. So it's like it's actually perfect in my mind. Now, I, I don't think it would have been bad, obviously, if if the Ravens got in because Lamar is Lamar Jackson is going to be the MVP. I think he is the he was the best quarterback for the season. Mahomes the best quarterback overall. I would have had no issue with that. But, no, I, I love this Super Bowl. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, we've seen it before, not that into it. I love it. I, I think it's absolutely awesome. And because of the fact that I look at this team in San Francisco as, from start to finish, the best team in the NFL and, obviously, the best quarterback in the NFL. Now, is Nebraska rooting for the Niners because of Purdy? Or how do I, and I know, obviously – we have Missouri on this show, but in general, is Nebraska rooting for for the Niners for the party? I would I would say no. I would say it's the Chiefs. I would say heavy Chiefs. There's Bronco fans. There's I mean where we're at. It's obviously without a pro team. There's so many of them out there. There were Niner fans, but Brandon, I think you can back me up on this. I haven't seen one piece of San well, not one piece of San Francisco Forty Nine er gear at any sports bar or anything else i see dolphins chiefs broncos bears i don't see 49ers so it's chiefs it's definitely chiefs i saw one threadbare 49ers t-shirt at fanatics about a month ago but that was probably from the joe montana era (laughs) that he was he was still digging out of the closet so to your point yes i've seen one with an asterisk so i'm gonna go chiefs evan got it okay all right well um I tell you, I don't, I don't think we are going to sit here on Sunday night, guys, 
and think, boy, we got a bad Super Bowl. I have a feeling it's going to be really good. Agreed. No, absolutely, absolutely. You're taking the Chiefs. Is that what I get out of all this? No, no, actually, no. I'm not. Oh, <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking the Niners, which again is a whole different thing because I have like this is where I feel like contradictory, and I understand why you would take what I said as taking the Chiefs, but I I picked the, I picked the Niners. I think. In November, I said, that's it. It's over. They're winning the Super Bowl. And, and Chris Canty and Michelle Smallman on the show would be like, what? Already? And I'm like, yeah, that's it. I've seen enough. The Niners are winning the Super Bowl. So I'm staying with that. And then there's going to be a whole other topic of conversation of as great as Mahomes is, he doesn't have a winning record in the Super Bowl. As great as Andy Reid is, he doesn't have a winning record. He'd be 2-3 and three in the Super Bowl. Mahomes would be 2-2 two and two in the Super Bowl. Then I think that's going to be an interesting conversation next week if – Kansas City loses, that as great as they are, the record in that game for those two guys would not be a winning one. Well, it's going to be a great one. I think you're right. I think we're going to have a great halftime show. I think everything's going to go around it, and we're going to have a great Super Bowl. And uh, Evan, we sure appreciate you making some time for us on the Doug and Daddy Show. Love listening to you in the morning. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Evan Cohen, Unsportsmanlike, every morning at 5 a.m. our time, 6 a.m. Eastern time, here on the Doug and Daddy Show, joining us to uh, talk Super Bowl. You're still overly confident in the Chiefs? I wouldn't say overly confident, but yes, I do believe that the Chiefs have just enough. To be honest with you, other than a couple of names here and there, I really don't know much about the 49ers. And part of it, is, of course, is sentimental. I mean, I legitimately want the Chiefs to win, but I also know that the offense has sputtered. Even when I saw them play at home versus the Chargers, they didn't really play well for the first quarter and a half. I still cannot get over how poorly they played against the Broncos and the Raiders and lost those. I just You look at them and sometimes they play well and sometimes they don't. If they play well, they've certainly got a shot, but if not, it's going to be a long day in Kansas City. Well, the Doug and Daddy Show is brought to you by Huskers Sit and Sleep, downtown Kearney, 1907 Central Avenue, open Monday 10 to 6, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6, and Sundays 1 to 4. Maybe you're going to want to sleep in on Monday morning. They'll sell right off the floor to you so you can see it, buy it, take it. Of course, they deliver around the area as well. The best prices in town because their low overhead means lower prices. Brand new furniture right there on the floor, mattresses as well all with the manufacturer's warranty. There's no pressure sales because it's the same low price every day. Huskers sit and sleep, 1907 Central Avenue in Kearney. We'll be back with a lot more on the Doug and Daddy Show in a moment. Play your best golf now with help from Golf Fit USA of Kearney. Our certified club fitter uses a state-of-the-art launch monitor to make sure you get the most out of every club in your bag. Golf Fit offers a wide variety of clubs, bags, shoes, gloves, hats, junior sets, and gift cards, as well as repairs, regripping, lessons from a PGA professional, and a golf simulator. Our goal is to get your equipment right for increased accuracy and performance on the course. Golf Fit USA, custom fit for the perfect hit. Next to jerseys, Kearney. Calling all superheroes. Did you know that 221 children in Kearney and Buffalo County, Nebraska this year alone entered the court system due to abuse or neglect? Nobody longs for a safe and loving family more than a child in foster care. As a CASA volunteer, you show us how superheroes are not just the ones you see on TV wearing capes. There are superheroes right here in Kearney and Buffalo County. It's true they walk among us and it could be you. Become a volunteer that works side by side with foster children as they go through the court system. 
These volunteers are voices for the children. As a volunteer, you will be thoroughly trained and well supported by professional staff to help you through each case. For more information on becoming a volunteer, go to CarneyBuffaloCountyCasa.com. You could keep a child safe and make a difference in their life today. Be a superhero and go to CarneyBuffaloCountyCasa.com. Five Points Bank has been your hometown bank for over 40 years. From personal banking to mortgage, business, and more, Five Points continuously finds ways to make your banking experience easy and enjoyable. Offering the best of both worlds with kind and welcoming employees in the bank while creating a strong online presence to accommodate your busy lifestyle. Five Points Bank innovative technology adds layers of security while being easily accessible to all age groups. Better choices, better service. Five Points Bank of Grand Island, Kearney and Hastings. Escape Ordinary by heading to Cunningham's downtown or Cunningham's on the lake in Kearney. You'll enjoy the coldest draft beer in town, happy hour specials, and great food. An outstanding place to relax with friends after work, on the weekends, or any time to escape everything. Plus, you can dance and listen to their live bands every weekend at the downtown location. It's a great time every time when you escape Ordinary at Cunningham's Journal, on the bricks, and Cunningham's on the lake, Kearney. Did you know that replacing the air in your tire with nitrogen could add big benefits down the road? At Kearney Tire and Auto Service, we can help you get the most mileage from your new set of tires with nitrogen inflation. Replacing the air in tires with pure dry nitrogen can maintain tire pressure four times longer than regular air and maintain a more constant tire pressure with varying outside temperatures. From the starters that get you going to the brakes that get you stopped, trust your car and your safety to us at Kearney Tire and Auto Service. Doug and Daddy show. What do you got for me, Brandon? We want to acknowledge the fact that that moment of silence was brought to you by the Kearney Public Library. And the uh, tributes to Toby Keith keep rolling in, and this is one of my all-time favorite songs of his. And uh, thanks for the memories, Toby. We will certainly miss you, sir. There you go. Toby passing away from cancer last night at the age of... Of 62, we've got Nebraska and Creighton women's basketball tonight. Creighton's at Xavier. Nebraska is at Michigan. We talked about the high school basketball. Northwest waiting now for a bowling. Uh, they are moving on. Need a win to get into the championship tonight. Yeah, they really do. And in order for that to happen, it gonna, comes down to like with anything, offense and defense and um, what can they do. And they, I don't want to say need to win. I suppose everybody needs to win. But this one, this one would be a big one. They really need to take this one home. 888-455-ESPN, 888-455-3776. That is the Billy Jack's fan line. The best pizza around, extremely fast pizza, subs, and salads. Dine-in, drive-through, curbside pickup, takeout delivery, take-and-bake. It's all there for you. You can also tweet us at ESPN underscore Tri-Cities. Facebook. And we're up on the Dent Popper inbox, Doug and Daddy at ESPNSuperstation.com. Doug and Daddy at ESPNSuperstation.com. We have the new 
bracketology out this morning. Joe Lenardi has Nebraska in that nine slot. Uh, he would have him playing Clemson in the UConn regional. How much is anybody surprised by that? Because it seems like Nebraska has been the eight, nine. I think I saw one time somebody had them at 11 in one of the brackets. So yeah, about nine is where they continue to fall. And Sometimes at the end of the game, they continue to fall. If they're going to get any better than nine, they got to start winning some more games. But nine's not a bad start. Clemson will be a decent draw. Yeah. Well, in. Isn't that what everybody's just worried about right now? Is well, just getting in, right? Yeah. And then, you know, obviously they play well at home, not so well on the road. I guess technically at UConn, it would be a neutral site, but still you're going to need uh, enough Husker fans that want to travel and travel well for basketball and turn it into a de facto home. You can win the first game, maybe even win the second game, and all of a sudden you're in the Sweet 16. For the Nebraska women, they are still in after that devastating loss to Rutgers. Uh, Charlie Cream has them this morning as a number 10 seed heading the wrong way, but he doesn't have them as one of the last eight in. They have the last four in and the last four buys, so they're right before that. He would have them playing Florida State, and then a win would get them Connecticut in the South Carolina Ouch. Don't want that. No. Nothing to do with with uh, Connecticut. No. No. Creighton, no. He's also got Creighton in that region. The Creighton women, though, he has as a number six seed, uh, getting the winner of a play-in game between Auburn and Michigan. Either one of those would be pretty decent draws. Uh, probably Auburn a little bit more than Michigan, but still, you win that one, and uh, that'll be all right. And then uh, Creighton men for Joe Lenardi, that loss by one point. One point. One point, Brandon. He's got them from a three to a five, heading the wrong way in the Houston Regional, uh, where they would play Richmond the Spiders in the first round. How much of this? But a one-point home loss drops them from a three to a five. How much of this actually? I I would be curious in all of these different possible scenarios what the percentage of it is that actually comes true when it is tournament time. Because you can hear people like Mel Kuyper speculate and conjecture about who's going to go where. You've got a draft board. You've got somebody else's big draft board. Who's going to go where because of needs? And then it seems like many times, at least from my perspective, more often than not, that doesn't turn out that way. So you've done all of this for absolutely no accuracy whatsoever. I would be curious as to see what Lenardi's percentage is of how much he actually gets right. All the time. Really? Yeah. Like, I I don't really? think somewhere in the last, boy, I want to go, oh, let's just keep it conservative at five years. He's never missed it by more than one team. He's got 63 of the 64 or 64 okay. of the 64 teams in. Yeah, it's, it's, almost, not, it's almost as good as Jimmy's selections. Not just the teams, though. Not just the fact that there are these 63, 64 teams. It's who's playing who. Oh, and stop where? It. Stop it. I just, what I'm getting at is, is I just don't understand the need to speculate on this. You're going to spend all of this time talking about it and talking about it and talking about Florida it. Florida Dave should have and had, until got a hold you, of us by now. And until you get to the actual tournament, why spend this energy 
emotional, physical, and otherwise, speculating on what could, might, maybe one day sort of happen. Because that's what this is all about. we got to kill time. Oh, good Lord. This is what every sports talk no, show, television, is... radio. Sorry. Well, there it is. Sorry, folks. Those are the first communist points of February for our host, co-host, well, I, Brandon well, Bennett. I did just buy a red vehicle, so, you know. We'll be right back. At Johnson Landscape, we don't just see landscapes. We see dreamscapes. Sprinklers with precision. Plants with purpose. Outdoor living for new beginnings. For over 25 years, this has been our passion. With unmatched quality, precision, and expertise. At Johnson Landscape, every project is like our own. And every customer like family. Build your dreamscape today with Johnson Landscape. Did you know that in downtown Kearney, you can get a banner to show your support for your local sports team, a graduate, or really anything you want to tell everyone you're proud of? Copycat Printing has paper banners, vinyl banners, yard signs, even collage boards made out of paper or foam board. Come on into Copycat today. They're your printing headquarters. Their professional, friendly design staff will help you with everything from start to the finish of any printing job. Think, shop, and buy local with Copycat Printing of Kearney. Online at CarneyCopycat.com. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, getting you back into the game of life. With several locations in Kearney and surrounding areas. Ask your doctor how Family Physical Therapy can improve your quality of life. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, excellence in rehabilitation, is a very proud supporter of all of our area athletes, in and out of the game. Locations serving Kearney, Lexington, Minden, Ravana, and Wood River. You're watching sports on one of the many TVs and all of a sudden you get hungry. That's okay. If you're at Jersey Sports Bar and Grill in Kearney, they not only have all those TVs, but they cook too. You never have to stay home and watch alone. Jersey Sports Bar and Grill in Kearney has a full menu and a full bar. Jersey's offers daily lunch and dinner and drink specials. Get to Jersey Sports Bar and Grill in the Vista Point Shopping Center in North Kearney, where the game and the grill are always on. Doug and Daddy's show, brought to you by our friends at your Midway Auto dealerships, Midway Chevrolet Buick GMC, Midway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, South 2nd Avenue in Kearney, with some great deals for you on Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited. You can schedule your oil change today, a tire rotation, whatever the case may be. Check it out, thinkmidway.com. Midway, it's a better way. Oh, this was great. I, I even loved the uh, Toby Keith, uh, Cletus Judd video of Who's yes. Your Daddy. So yes. That, yes, that is that is good content there. Uh, I want you to know that Jimmy is listening. Uh-oh. He said last year, Joe Lenardi had 67 out of the 68 teams and 14 of the top 16 four seeds. He had the top of, of the 16, he had 14 of them. Great. Well done. I just You are telling me you don't care about college basketball. That is what you are saying, I and that's fine. No, I don't care about the speculation and the conjecture about what the bracket is going to look like. Why put all this energy into something? Because people are interested. Okay. People, people want it. Creighton fans want to know where they're at. Nebraska fans want to know, are they in? And fill in the blank of teams from across the country. Okay. Some of them are 
like Creighton. They're pretty sure they're in. Where are they? Some of them are Nebraska. They are on the bubble. Some of them are Gonzaga. My God, are we not going to be in the tournament for the okay. first time in all these years? All right. And these numbers are based on facts. This isn't guessing. This is computer work. This is the analytics that you love. Uh, that's what all of this is, and it's interesting or else people wouldn't care. Okay. And I, that, was, that actually answers my question because, for me, it's not the least bit interesting. When you're sitting here saying, here's what might happen, here's what could happen, here's what's supposed to happen, here's what's likely to happen, there are so many variables in that that, personally, I, I just don't care about. Give me what actually does happen. Don't sit here and speculate. Here's another one on the heels of what you were talking about with Dartmouth earlier. Yeah, uh, This is an ESPN.com story. A day after historic ruling that could change collegiate sports by allowing NCAA athletes to unionize, St. John's men's basketball coach Rick Patino said the sport needs a salary cap and a new hierarchy to thrive. Really? The National Labor Relations Board ruled that Dartmouth men's basketball players who had petitioned to be recognized by a local union are employees of the school, a ruling that could allow NCAA athletes to unionize and negotiate work conditions, among other aspects of their employment. A, really? A, thank you, Dartmouth men's basketball, for attempting to ruin the sport. Right. Because all you're doing is putting, with all due respect to all of our lawyer friends out there, come on. And now we made the comment during the break there. Rick Patino is just upset because he can't get the right amount of money, apparently, at St. John's. Well, I mean, he's got a payroll to meet <laughs> and has had four years. Really, he's, he's the bellwether. He's the guy ringing the bell for needing to you know, cap how much players are being paid. Here's the tweet that uh, Patino sent out. For basketball, have the Power Five and Big East Conference commissioners get together and create a salary cap between $1.5 and $2 million. All contracts delivered to the league and school offices. All other conferences establish their own salary cap. I would never exclude anyone from the NCAA tournament. Obviously, football is a different sport entirely, and some of their talent makes more than NFL players more solutions to follow in the coming days. And that's what Rick Pitino had to say. Yeah, because, because yeah, he should be the national spokesperson on limiting how many how much he would money. have some knowledge of the situation though, yes he would think? that's that's a that's a good point that would be that would be a roy campanella move right there so we'll go with that looks like yeah. uh, clayton kershaw is going to come back to the dodgers uh some news coming out this morning as well another baseball note good for them and good for the dodgers that'll be uh depending on how long term his contract is that uh, should be good news for years to come Northwest has a rematch with Wayne in the bowling uh, elimination game. Uh, the winner of that will take Seward on in the final. Northwest already beat Wayne once this morning, and uh, Wayne comes back through the elimination bracket at the state bowling tournament. Getting ready for lunch, the Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill. How about chicken, gravy, Texas toast, dressing, potatoes? Oh, it's all so good. It's the special, special wall supplies last this week at your Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill. Every Tuesday, you can get a special price on any salad on the menu. Brandon likes to go with the taco salad, uh, which he loves and eats in a unique way, And because uh, you eat the whole thing. I will say this. No, yeah. I, I'm going to say this. You, I'm not making fun. No, I... But yeah. a lot of people just kind of eat everything in it and then maybe eat the shell. Okay. You do it the right way. Kind of. Brandon will break the shell off. He'll put it on there like a nacho, yeah. and then he'll devour the whole thing. There's nothing left. There's no shell left when you're done. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing half taco salads in the world, most of the shell is still there when people are done. Really? Don't you think? Observe that. And you're calling me the communist for these people who leave the shell no, that already I'm has not, a saying, goodie already no, no, wrapped no, no, around no. it? I already said to begin this, I said, you're doing it the right way. Okay. You're eating the whole thing. Hey, all right. I've just, wow. I've never, I don't know. God, it really pains you when you don't have ammunition, does I'm it? just trying to figure out who leaves the shell. Well, just pay attention. Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill. Maybe we just go there today and see how many people are eating taco Maybe. salads. Let's go. And you don't have to have taco salads. I see the crispy chicken salad, any salad on the menu. Then Tuesday night, bone-in wing night at the Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill with great steaks. You can get maybe the kraut and uh, Polish kielbasa, something a little different, French dip. They've got it all there for you at the Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill. I would, yes, we should go there, especially if you're going to pay. I would encourage us to go there if you're going to pay. And then in that case, let's go observe all the other taco salad eaters and if all else fails, I can always demonstrate and you know show people how it's done. You can give them the proper etiquette on taco salad eating. Well, we were having an etiquette lesson yesterday at the uh, Kearney Area Chamber of Commerce banquet because sitting to my left was Senator Pete Ricketts, and he was asking for he was asking about the uh, uh, ranch dressing. Of course, it's Nebraska; you have to have ranch on the table. And the proper etiquette way was to pass it to the right. Ricketts is sitting to my left. The young man sitting to my right picks it up, and instead of going to his right, which is the proper way to do it, hands it to me to his left, and I hand it immediately to Senator Ricketts. And then I tell the young man sitting next to me, that's a baller move. Because the etiquette way to do it is to pass it to your right, except when the U.S. Senator sitting to your left wants it, and then you go to the left. That's a politically motivated move, so... Well done, Joseph, last night. That uh, was a baller move then. Tomorrow on the Doug and Daddy Show. I love it when you don't have any ammunition to come back at you. Well, I do, but the show has to end at some point. Mike Perenio, director of the race and sportsbook at Mandalay Bay, in with the MGM at the site of this year's Super Bowl, right next to the Mandalay Bay. They'll be playing Super Bowl 58. We'll chat with him. Matt Rule's press conference is tomorrow at 11 o'clock, so that is right at the start of our show. We will join uh, Coach Rule to hear his comments. Then Coach Ryan Held will be with us towards the end of the program. Program to talk about uh, what's going on with the Lopers signees. We'll catch up at Hastings College this week. There's so much going on later on this week. Coach Doreen, Jimmy's selections for the Super Bowl. Thanks again so much to Ronda Ravel, Nebraska softball coach, and Evan Cohen, host of Unsportsmanlike weekday mornings here on ESPN Radio. Enjoy your Tuesday and hope to catch you for some basketball.